0: Yeah, I can't remember the last time uh, the 4th of July fell on a Sunday uh, either. I'm sure it does, but it seems like it's been a long time uh, since that happened. Nothing special about that. Nothing particularly But but it is interesting. I guess the good news is you get Monday off, right? Some of us do anyway, so... I'm not going to complain. I'm all for extra days off. So uh, we're going to uh, read here in just a second, 3 John, verse 11. But before I read that, let me pray, and then we'll jump into the text. Lord, uh, thank you today that you love us. Thank you that uh, you um, uh, have uh, come to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. You have set us free from the law of sin and death, and that you have uh, given us uh, uh, everything that we need uh, to know uh, and you and to be known by you. And so uh, today, as we talk about uh, imitation, who we imitate and who we mimic, pray that you would give us grace, that we would um, be so captivated by Jesus uh, that uh, our hearts would long to be more and more like him. We ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, uh, 3 John 11, text is in the bulletin also up on the screens behind me. Uh, This is God's Word. We should hear it and respond to it as such this morning. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. So, uh, it is the 4th of July, and... uh, I, I, I guess uh, a, a more normal Fourth of July than the one last year. I don't remember the one last year, so that that's, that that says a lot. So, um, but as I was thinking about this I was, uh, today, I was thinking about the founding fathers of our country, and which are which are some of the ones that I like, even though I am from Virginia. I've lived in Virginia now for 35 years. Uh, not a big fan of. Uh, Founding fathers from Virginia, they were great, they were good, but compared to my favorite John Adams, I think I think there's a lot about Adams that I appreciated. One of the things that's interesting about John Adams he didn't get along until the end of his life with uh, Thomas Jefferson, but one of the things also that was true of uh, Adams is he lived to be very old. Uh, in fact, he outlived a couple of his kids and so, uh, and in fact, ironically, he died on the 4th of July, 1826, uh, 50 years after uh, uh, the 1st the, the of uh, 4th of July. Uh, people asked Adams what he attributed to his long life. What, what was it that he did that made him live a long time? Well, he thought the thing that helped him live a long time was that every day for breakfast, he drank four ounces Of hard cider, (laughs) he did, and he thought everybody should do that. In fact, he wrote a letter uh, to the kind of the guy who was kind of the, the the doctor there at. Uh, on the campus at Harvard, and, and he uh, speaks to this now it 's interesting you know that, that Adams wanted people to follow his example in drinking cider i 've left this letter unedited, and so do not follow his example in spelling. so he, uh, he went to Harvard, but he can 't spell a lick. so uh, during the four years that I passed at college, college, by the way, kids doesn 't have a D in it <laughs> uh, There was not a single death among the scholars. That's not how you spell scholars either. But that's to note, right? Isn't it uh, parents, as you're preparing to send your kids off to school this fall, would it be news to you that in the four years that your kid was in college, nobody died? I mean, that's an interesting uh, uh, thing that uh, I guess kids got sick and died at Harvard. Uh, And I've always believed that the almost universal health amongst the students was to be ascribed next to early rising and beef and mutton pies at commons, beef and mutton pies, sounds like, uh, sounds like the uh, dining uh, plan at Virginia Tech, uh, to the free use of cider and the very moderate use of wine and ardent spirits. When our barrels and bottles in the cellar were empty, we used to seize it at the buttery, and I never shall forget how refreshing and salubrious We found it, hard as it often was. I've heard of a hard cider club, which subsisted for many years at college, though I never belonged to it, and, I've never, and have heard that the members of it were remarkably healthy, not only while undergraduates, but in the aftercourse of their lives, which I think is so hilarious. So, so Adams wanted people to follow his example of drinking cider every morning for breakfast, and if you do that, you'll live a long time. Don't do that. I don't think. I don't think that would be such a good, uh, a good practice. But isn't it funny, right? We we look around us and we part of what it means to be a human being is to find people, to find practices, to find things that we mimic, that we imitate, right? That is that is just. Uh, uh, that's just who we are. And, and actually, that is a good thing because one of the ways we learn, in fact, one of the primary ways that we learn about how to do life, how, to, how to, to make it in this world, and particularly how you make it in the church, how you make it as a child of God, is you look about you for models, you look about you for people and, and, and practices to imitate. And that is such a valuable uh, part of what it means to be a follower of Christ. It run, This theme runs through the New Testament. Paul told Timothy that, that he wanted him to, to imitate him as he imitated Christ. And that should be uh, uh, something true that, uh, that would be true of all of us, that what we would desire is for Jesus to be at work in us, for the fruit of the Spirit to come, become more and more manifest in us, that the grace of repentance and trust would take hold more and more in our lives and that people would see that in us see Jesus in us see his work in us and it would be attractive to them and it would cause them as they think about their lives as they think about the way they they the way their marriage works the way their friendships work the way their work works the way uh, that they lead their lives, that they would see, oh, look look at this person, see how they're doing, look at, I see the work of Jesus in their life, I see how they've dealt with various struggles, and I want that to be true of me as well. That would be a great thing. That would be a, a, a great gift if that were true of all of us. And, and frankly, that is one of the primary things, one of the primary gifts that we have in the church is we have these relationships with one another so that we can look at each other and say, I, you know, I, I like the, the, I, I'm attracted to the work of Christ in this person's life. I want to get to know them more, and I want to see specifically how that works, and I want to imitate that in my own life. That's a great gift. That's a great thing. And one of the things that we, we have over the years uh, as uh, we've been uh, in uh, uh, the body of Christ here in Richmond, we have looked for models for different uh, situations uh, in our lives. We looked when, when we lost a child, we looked for models of people uh, who had grieved and, and, and lived that way. We looked for models of people who, uh, uh, how they uh, did child rearing. I'll never forget Marty was, you know, conducting this poll, running around asking people about potty training and trying to figure out how you do that. And so much anxiety about it. You know, it's so funny. You look back about that, you know, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. But, but, uh, that seemed like, you know, the most important thing in the world. Nothing else mattered more than getting this little boy potty trained. And she went to a dear friend here who had kids a little bit older than ours. And she's like, listen, for the most part, most of them are potty trained by the time they go to college. (laughs) Not all of them, (laughs) but most of them, right? So just relax. Just you know, so well, that was some great advice, you know, because we were so nervous and so concerned and we wanted to get it right. That is one of the the, the, the great gifts that we give one another uh, in the church. As I see Jesus in you, as I see you following after Christ, I want to see that uh, in my own life. Human beings are built to, to mimic one another. That's what we do. We, we, we copy uh, those things that seem attractive to us. That's why peer pressure is such a powerful thing. Peer pressure is not necessarily a, a negative thing if the peer pressure is pushing you towards looking more and more like Jesus, pu- pushing you more and more to be uh, uh, to to uh, see the fruit of the Spirit in your life. That's a, that that is a good thing. So what uh, John is writing here to uh, Gaius is he wants to see. Uh, uh, that Gaius does not fall into the trap of being pressed upon and imitating Diotrephes, who we talked about last week, who is always putting himself first, who is always putting himself and his wants and needs ahead of those of the rest of the, the, the body. Don't be like him. Rather, think on Jesus. Think on those people who are bearing Jesus's fruit in their lives and be like them, Right? So what's it going to take for us then to to mimic Jesus? What's it going to take for people to be able to look at us, to be able to be able to hear us, people to be able to follow us on our social media and say, that person is a follower of Christ? Now, one of the things that I have found really interesting this past year, as we've, as we've thought about this, is, is that many of us uh, have what we tend to do, people in the church, Christians, what we tend to do is pick those things about Jesus that we are already liking, those things that already seem to be uh, most uh, like us already, and we, we want to imitate those things. And there are other aspects of Jesus' character uh, that we don't want to imitate. For instance, one of the things that I've noticed in one of the conversations I've had repeatedly in the last year of the pandemic, the political and racial and social upheaval in our country is I'm going to be like Jesus. Well, how are you going to be like Jesus? Well, I really like that picture of Jesus making a whip and going into the temple and running his enemies out. I want to be that Jesus. I like him. He's very appealing. (laughs) <laughs> right? And, 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 and the fact of the matter is, you know, that, that, that's certainly true. Jesus does that twice, if you, uh, based on the gospel of John anyway. He does, he does that twice. Uh, but, but, but the fact of the matter is, day in and day out, that's not the whole picture of who the gospel presents to us of who Jesus Christ is. What about the Jesus that weeps over Jerusalem that is hardened in its rebellion against him? What about the Jesus who uh, is rejected uh, by the rich young ruler and Jesus is saddened because he loved him? Right? And so as we, as we think about what, what that would mean, it's good for us to begin to kind of settle our hearts in, in, in the fact that the, the, this Jesus... This one that we are imitating, uh, it, it, we can't just pick and choose from his character and his characteristics and just say, well, I, I already like this. This is, this is the part I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow. Because the imitation here that we're talking about, the imitation of looking more and more like Jesus might actually require us to imitate some things in, uh, that we see in Jesus and in others that make us uncomfortable, that aren't already in line with our preconceived notions of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And so I think it's important here as we look at this text when, when John says, look, you know, don't imitate evil but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. He's very simply saying to us that the, 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 the the, the great work that the gospel does in us is not just for us as individuals, but that that fruit is born out in the lives of other people around us who look at us and who are imitating us. Did you know that? Did you know that there are people who imitate you? There are people who watch you, who think about how you do things, how you speak, how you act, and they're like... I. I'm attracted to that. I want to be like that person. Now, you may hear that and you may think, well, that's good. I'd like for everybody to be like me. (laughs) The world will be a much better place. I don't think there are many of you probably who feel that way. I think for most of us, we think that's horrifying. It's terrifying to think that someone might look at my life and say, you know what? I want to be like that guy. So how's that going to work for us? How how is it that someone can look at my life, look at your life, and that they could l- l- be thinking about this text and think, you know what? I want to imitate what I see of Jesus Christ in your life. What's that going to look like? Well, here's the thing. It's 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 not super complicated, and it's not. Uh, uh, a a super burdensome thing. It's simply this. We will look more and more like Jesus Christ as we see and we understand the truth of his gospel as as the fact as the reality of the love of Christ becomes more real more profound to us as we revel more and more in his atoning work for us as we revel more and more as we've already talked about this morning in the freedom that he lived died and rose again to give us as we spend more of our time thinking about that great work that he has done on our behalf and repenting of those, those places and those uh, areas in our life where we reject that or we see, uh, seek to live life on our own terms, the fruit of Jesus will be born out in our lives and people will see that. And the people that God is drawing to himself, the people that he is lifting Jesus up to, the people who find Jesus more and more captivating Will find that as something to imitate in you. If you're captivated by Jesus, if you're captivated by the gospel, if those are the things that warm your heart and move you and animate your life, your giving, your spending, your loving, your hating, if that, if that, if that is the thing that is animating that, then people are going to see Jesus in you and they're they're going to be moved. To imitate that, and so there's 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 actually a lot of joy and a a, a lot of encouragement for the for uh, that to be seen in in us. Now, a word about uh, uh, the the temptation that one might feel to imitate that which is not of Christ. That's certainly true too, isn't it? I mean, one of the things that happens to us, and I think one of the things that's been pretty consistent with us in the past year, is uh, that oftentimes when we become angry, we like to tell ourselves, I like to convince myself, well, I am righteously angry. Uh, I am angry about this, and so because I'm angry about this, then then that gives me, a, a, then I, I, God must be angry about it too. Well, there's certainly... No doubt that God's wrath is revealed against all unrighteousness, right? There's no, there's no doubt about that. But for us, most of the time, our anger does not make the righteousness of God happen. Most of the time, our anger does not help advance the kingdom of God most of the time. And so, uh, what, a, a better way for us to see and to unpack that would be that what would be manifest in our lives, what would be manifest in the way in which we live our lives would be those fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control that those would be the kinds of things that people would see in us and be attracted to and motivated to imitate, motivated to mimic. Listen, um, people are imitating you, believe it or not. People are watching you. Uh, One day we were sitting around our dinner table, uh, and our kids were still very young, and young, uh, younger parents, this is a cautionary tale for you, so listen up. We didn't think they were paying attention to what we were talking about. And we were talking about someone, not terribly talking about them, but not putting them in the best light either, because we were kind of mocking them that, well, I won't tell you. But anyway, we were, we were not being as nice about somebody as we should have been. And my daughter, who... Uh, has never lacked for honesty, said, can I say something? Yes, dear. I thought we were only supposed to say good things about people. No, that's not true. <laughs> no, actually, actually, no, right? Yeah. So when that happened, it gave us an opportunity to think, you know what? Uh, The Lord is with us. He is rebuking us through our daughter, and we have an opportunity to say, you're right, and mommy and daddy need you and Jesus to forgive us. That too is something worth imitating. Is it not? And so as we, as, we, as we think about this and as we wonder about who we are imitating and who is imitating us, let's just rest in the fact that Jesus is for us, that he has atoned for our sins, that he has given us great freedom, and that as we experience that freedom in repentance, we can rest in the fact that his fruit is being manifest in our lives And that if people are watching us, there is some of Jesus in me that can be mimicked by other people. Let's pray that he would do that. Uh, in and through us. Join me in prayer. Father, as we come to you today, I pray that you would help us uh, not to fall into the trap that uh, the church there uh, that uh, John is writing to was tempted to fall into. I'm sure Gaius felt the pressure uh, to become more and more like Diotrephes. It certainly would have been easier for him to do that. And yet, Lord, you used this cautionary word to encourage his heart, uh, to remind him of what was true, and to remind him of the fruit. Uh, that the gospel bears in our lives. Lord, I pray for us today uh, that you would set us uh, free uh, to uh, experience, uh, to enjoy, to be captivated uh, by your goodness, by your grace, to enjoy uh, you in your fullness. And as we enjoy you and the blessings that you have given to us in Jesus Christ, that they would be manifest in our lives uh, that folks would see that, and that they would be encouraged. Lord, I pray for those among us today who are, uh, who are worn down, uh, who are discouraged. I pray that uh, uh, the gospel of grace, the good news uh, that Jesus is for sinners, uh, would motivate and energize. Lord, I pray for those of us today who uh, Uh, Need to repent of our pride and we need to repent of our uh, bitter anger uh, that you would uh, uh, that you would do that work in us that you would gentle us by your own gentleness And I pray too today Lord that uh, uh, especially for folks who are looking around for people to mimic for people to imitate that you would uh, uh, Bear fruit in our lives so that others would see and know that Jesus lives in us. Would you do that work? We ask in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.